Bless the Lord. My name is Apostle Dr. Antonio E. Wright, Senior Pastor and Founder of Kingdom Expectations. You are now preparing to listen to Kingdom Expectation Ministries podcast. We pray that you be blessed, encouraged, and enriched as you listen to the Word of God. God is good. I am getting ready to ruffle some feathers. I'm getting ready to overstep some, what do they call it, sacred cows. I'm going to talk, you know, again, um, I'm not going to try to be too long. Do me a favor, for some reason, this is not working. Um, um, I'm going to try not to be too long, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half. No, I'm not going that long. I'm not going that long. So it's hard to title or label the messages. So for the rest of this year, we're doing a series on prayer. Because what happens is I keep getting these interjections by God to share with you some further insight, like the shirt, some further insight. And so everything I deal with is going to come from the premises of prayer its purpose, and its power. And tonight I want to go into the part, my desire is to go into the place that gives us the power of prayer and how we have more access. The, the concern I have is some other tidbits that, that have been downloaded, and I have to share these tidbits because I'm just like a sucker for knowledge. And, and again, uh, um, the, the, the basis of anything I say or do will always come from our head scripture that we started several years ago, and that is Matthew 6.33. Amen? Amen? And we know that Matthew 6.33 says this. I'm turning to it because I don't know which version I'm reading. 6.33 says, <laughs> um, that's the wrong version. Actually, I like that version. The easy reading version says, what you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what he wants you to do. Then he will give you all these other things you need. So I, I think that sounds real good, the easy reading. So anything I do when I deal with prayer, the purpose and power of prayer, uh, once I come out of this, I'm going to do the Holy Spirit, the purpose and power of the Holy Spirit. And even in, in Bible study, you, you have to understand, I teach certain things because nobody else gets it. So I was on the phone today with, with one of our brothers in Florida, uh, who I know very dearly, and you've met him. And so the question came up about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because people think because they prophesied, they're prophets. And the issue with that is because the pastors in the churches are not teaching. And it's hard for them to teach what they don't know. But we have flocks of people that are running to these churches because everybody goes there. But yet they're not getting word. They're not getting sound word. I'm not dealing with doctrine. They're not getting sound word. They're getting religious goosebumps. But after the goose, they're bumps. So now we have people going around talking about I'm this, that, and the other and don't even know Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And some of them still believe that Matthew is the first book of the Bible. Anyway, I'm going back. 
So I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna start off uh, as best as I can uh, with a question. Or, or let me do this real quick. I'm, I'm gonna ask a question. So I'm still tonight dealing with prayer, His purpose and power, but I'm gonna ask a question on this wise. Does anybody have any idea? It's, it's, it's rhetorical. You're not gonna answer it. Why nobody's coming to God? I'm gonna answer that. He never asked you to send people to him. <laughs> so what the church has done, we've replaced God's theology with our religion. Because what we've done is we're telling everybody that God said to come and serve Jesus. Jesus never asked us to come to him. Ah, y'all looking strange, aren't you? There's nowhere in the Bible that you're going to find that it says, Jesus says to seek after me. Jesus said to seek after the kingdom. Now let's think about the kingdom and let's think about why nobody's coming to Jesus. So without being political, nobody's coming to America because of Biden. Nobody's coming to America because of Trump. Nobody's coming to America for anything that the presidents have. People are coming to America for the benefits. I need you to hear this. They're coming for the benefits. They're literally pressing in to America for benefits because they say they now have an opportunity for a better life. Now, what you hear about on the news is the ones coming from Texas. I'm from Florida. What you're not hearing about is the Cubans and the Haitians that's coming on the water in Miami. Matter of fact, they have a Haitian thing in Miami that they can't come out of. You're not going to hear about that. I know because my cousin married a Haitian. There's some things you're not going to hear about because of the look, but I'm not going to get political. But they're coming to America for what? The benefits. So now remember, for the past several years, I'm still talking about prayer, the purpose, and power. For the past several years, our, our input has been Matthew 6.33. Religion, the Catholic Church's religion, has taught you to come after Jesus. But God never told you to come after Jesus. He told you to come after the kingdom. Now, let's look and see why he said that. I love God. If we look at Matthew 6, 33, or let's go ahead of that. Here's what I love about God. I'm going to come out of the easy reading version. I'm going to do King James for a minute. No, let's do New Living Translation. I remember one of my brothers in the Lord told me I was not holy anymore because I don't have a Bible. I said, but I can't turn translations that fast. <laughs> if I, had, I got all the translations, but I'd have books like this here. My brain don't function like that. And my progressive lens is messing me up because of the glare. So let's look. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at uh, verse 28. He starts off in verse 28 in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Then he goes on to say in verse 31. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. What? 
So what he does is he starts off with telling you all the things, all the benefits that you want, that you're looking for, and then he tells you if you want all these things, what does he say in verse 33? Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. So you know what you need to start telling people? You don't need to start telling people they need Jesus. You need to tell people they need these benefits. I'm trying to help somebody. See, you have to understand, I didn't serve God. I didn't come to God because of Jesus. I came to God because I know I needed the benefits. Of course, 30 some years ago. But that's not how they dealt with me. I needed benefits. I needed to know my needs was met. I needed to quit worrying. You know, I was smoking because I was worrying. I was drinking because I was worrying. I really found out after I got saved, the reason I was drinking so much because I was scared of dying. So I go to sleep drunk. You didn't have to worry about dying there because you was drunk. I, mean, that's just what, you know what I was drinking four or five fifths of MD 2020. Yes, sir. Mad dog ain't had nothing. I was the dog. I'm just trying to say. So I was going to sleep drunk because I was afraid of dying. I needed his benefits. I needed his peace of mind. I needed to know that he's always there for me. I needed his benefits. So, so what happens in the church, we get so, so, so caught up with ourselves that we don't want to share with nobody the benefits that God gave us. People aren't going to come to church just because you said they need Jesus. People going to come to church and you tell them, so look, uh, why, why, do you, why do you always be so happy, so joyful? Well, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, why is it your strength? Because he said, if I seek him first, he's going to take care of all this. I don't have no needs. I don't have no worries. You know, I was just talking to the brothers that just over the barbershop. I said, y'all good? So I'm talking. They said, who are you? I said, well, I'm, if I tell you who I am, I might have to kill you. They said, who are you? I said, I'm the pastor. You the pastor? I said, yeah. I said, wrong. Well, you don't talk. I'm not religious. I don't believe in religion. Religion makes you a servant. Kingdom makes you a son. I'd rather be a son than a servant. If, a, if you're a servant, you have to do things religiously to think God's going to move. When you're a son, all you need is relationship. Relationship is always better than position. That's like I tell people now. Well, you're apostle, doctor? No, don't, that's too much. Just call me doc. Why? Because above all else, I need a relationship. I don't need a position. Position won't get you nowhere. Relationship will. You need a relationship. Titles don't get you nowhere. Relationships get you everywhere. What does God want? A relationship. Why? Because he wants you to have access to his benefits. You don't have access to his benefits on position. You have access to his benefits on relationship. How do you get the relationship? By accepting his son as your Lord and Savior. Then what does he do? He gives you access to the kingdom. You're not going to heaven again. The Bible says we are kings over the earth. We have dominion over the earth. Then it says in Revelations, there are new earth and a new heaven where you'll be kings and priests over. Get with the program and come out of this religiosity that the Catholic Church done taught us. I'm finna throw shade. I did it. Just pointed me and said, you did it. I did it. You know, I had the red robe, the white, the cachet, the shashai, what they call it? They had the, the shamir, the rochet. Remember that little beanie I used to wear on my head? Man, I had it all. I had the red, white, what? I had the red pants because I had a red robe. And then I had the red beanie and I had the red shoes. I was bleeding. Plus, I was about 300 pounds. I was sweating. That 50 pound cross was dragging. I'm already short. You know, I've been there. I told you, say, he did, I did it. I did religion. You know how free I am now? Because I don't do religion. 
And the thing they say they're going against is the same thing that they teach, religion. Now, when you teach the kingdom, everybody gets baffled. Why? That's what he said to do, seek the kingdom. He didn't say seek the title. Jesus didn't even say seek him first. He said seek the kingdom first, which then puts you in right standing with God. And if you're right standing with God, that then gives you the power and the purpose of prayer because now you have access. Does that make sense? And all I want is access. Let me, let me finish this so I can go and find out where I'm at. <laughs> I love God. I really do. I really do. So here's the, you know, I was talking to, uh, my, might have been my brother or somebody I was talking to. I said, it's so amazing uh, to be free uh, because the church was so judgmental. And the, the, the problem I have now, the concern I have now is that everything is so fruitful. I know it's been 10, 11, 12 years, but everything is fruitful. But some people are still stuck on the way we used to do things. And, and see, that's what's wrong with the church. That's why Jesus had this situation. His situation wasn't the law. His situation was the oral law, the things that the Jewish priests had spoken. His problem was that because they made what they spoke law. So what we don't realize, there's things that we've been doing in church for years that people spoke to be law, which really wasn't law. It was judgment. And isn't it funny that the Bible says we can't judge nobody? The only person that can judge is God because he judges according to your heart. And isn't it amazing how we don't know the hearts of men? But it's so funny that if a man does something wrong one time, we judge him for the rest of his but yeah, we want God to forgive us. Now, isn't it so ironic that in your prayer, the basic prayer, you don't have to be all theological. Just pray, our Father which art in heaven. Not only does he say, thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth like it is in heaven, he also makes this statement. If you don't forgive others their trespasses, God's not going to forgive you. Isn't it funny how we keep holding stuff over people because they offended us, but we forget how much we might have offended them? And then it even went as far as say, if you know your brother has an altar against you, you egotistical folk, do you know before you bring your gift to the altar, you're supposed to go to your brother and apologize? But see, that's kingdom. That's why I can walk with freedom and peace of mind. Because if I messed up, well, you know, I don't apologize to the church 50, 11 times because I judge you. <sighs> I made phone calls to folk 10 years ago because I judged them. I said, I'm sorry, I judged you. Right now, I got tattooed. I judge you. <laughs> I do apologize. You know what I'm saying? I, I had to shake and bake, and we helped. You said, now what does it have to do with the prayer and this purpose and power of prayer? Everything. Because once you release and you seek his kingdom, you now have access. And you'll understand why you have access and what he gave you when he died. Because half the time, you don't realize what you have. You're still begging. You don't beg God. You receive from God. Ah, child, I love that right See, half the time you asking God for stuff, he already gave you. Come on here, Adam. Uh, come on, what's his name? Moses. Uh, what do you got in your hand? Rod, point it. You have gifts within you, and you're still trying to figure it out. Your degree ain't going to help you. I got a couple of them. And my degrees didn't teach me. I'm about ready to burn them joints. I mean, come on now. Doctor of theology, doctor of ministry. I was contemplating the PhD in Christian education. I'm going to kill the teacher. I already know they're going to lie. You know, because they teach Catholicism and they don't want to admit that. That was the first major religion. It taught you how to be religious. You did everything like this, you do that, that, you do that. You know, like you got to shout like this. I ain't never picked that up. I think I did. Maybe that's why we run every night because I never, I never got the hook, you know. 
And some of them brothers, let me stop. I think they be practicing because they do it so cute. I'm like, whoa, how you, oh, how? and they be on beat. And they figure they had church in that hammer. See, and I got a DJ. I ain't even got no praise and worship. I just, you got a DJ? Yeah, bro. I ain't got to worry about Sister Sally, Brother John. Nobody got to get mad. If I don't like it, I say flip it, do another. They ain't going to come here. Why? Because that's religion. You know what I'm saying? We, we don't, I don't want to be religious. I want to be kingdom. So, so let's look at this. And I'm, I'm going to I'm try to kick back. I'm going to try to kick back to where we, let, we ended up the week before, before I start talking about benefits. Now, I want y'all to be mindful of something, because remember this in Revelation, I think it's Revelation chapter 12, there's a particular place in there, said they're won over by the, word, by the blood, of, blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. So, see, I testify to people. They say, well, Doc, how you get that truck, God? Hi, I seek his face, I pay my tithes and priests often, and it's all good. You don't make that kind of money. I, you got a problem with it? I don't have a problem. God says, if I seek his face, seek the kingdom, he said all my needs to be met, right? Now, what do we say? Well, uh, how are, why aren't our prayers getting answered? Well, do you know your purpose? Because if you know your purpose, then you pray your purpose. If you pray your purpose, he supplies what you need for that purpose. You got it. He supplies what you need for the purpose. So you're not getting what you prayed for because you prayed outside of your purpose. And sometimes we run from our purpose. Because his purpose ain't what you want to do because you went to school and got educated. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got a degree in pharmaceuticals, and I'm going to sell me some. I, that might not come out right. <laughs> I'm going to sell me some pseudicals. But God told you to do this. Well, yeah, but I'm making money over here. You know, here's something I've understood. You know, I'm, I'm young. I'm, I started saying I'm 35. I can't lie. Uh, here's something I've understood in life. This is life. And most of you don't know, I've, I've managed, I've, I've worked government, you know, I, I supervise 92 guys in the post office. I understand management. I got all that. I couldn't be a manager. I'm a leader. I understand all that. But that wasn't my purpose. And I made good money. I'm, no, I made real good money. I'd have had my Corvette and my Bentley by now. I mean, real good money. But I wasn't happy until I did my purpose. My purpose is to teach the kingdom. Now, of course, for a few years, I taught religion. But then when I understood I was supposed to teach kingdom, I flipped. Am I happy? Ooh, yes. Why? Because I know the power and the purpose of prayer and what it gives me access to and what Jesus gave me access to. Because, you know, the Bible says he left keys to the kingdom. Well, one of those keys is prayer. But in order for you to function right in prayer, you have to, first of all, understand what your purpose is. And so let, let, let's, let me do this so, so, I can, uh, so I can let y'all go. And I'll, I'll finish a piece of this sometime next week. So and, and, and coming back in uh, uh, on where we ended up a couple of weeks ago and, and dealing with the fact that our rights and our dominion was placed back and Jesus literally restored that. He, he, gave, that, he gave that back to us. And, and he did that because, uh, how can I do this real quick? In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9, and then chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, it says, God made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms 
according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in him and through him, in him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. So God may know what people consider to be a mystery. It's not a mystery. He may know that Christ died so we could have access to the fullness of the kingdom. What does it say in Genesis? He gave man authority to have dominion over the earth and to replenish the earth. How do we replenish the earth? With the purposes that God gave us so we can go out and take dominion and take command on the things of the nature of the earth. But we don't do that because religion teaches us to be submissive. Religion teaches us to be quiet. Don't say nothing and just be nice. You know, Jesus tore up the temple. Just knocked the Negro out. <laughs> he, he tore up the temple. But we scared to say, well, I don't want to ruffle no feathers. Yes, I'm ruffling feathers. He could tell you, I'm talking to the guys in the barbershop. I said, I'm a different kind of preacher. They said, why? I said, because Jesus didn't rise from the grave on a Sunday. He rose on a Saturday. My boy said, whoop. I said, yep. I said, religion, I lied to you again, bro. You see, I don't understand preachers because preachers keep propagating a lie. Y'all keep playing a lie with your little Easter eggs, Easter hats, Easter bunnies. And you know it's satanic, but you want to do it anyway. Trick or treat, I want something good to eat. Just go buy the candy and sit at home. You don't need Halloween to eat the candy. You know you want to eat the candy anyway. Just go to, uh, what do they call it, Walmart? Walmart got the big bags. You know, I stay away from that too because them, them 40, 50 pounds will come right back home quick. Them Reese's peanut butter cups, Lord have mercy. I have to pray, Hail Mary, and all of them. Be like, Hail Mary. <laughs> See, I, I understand, but let's, let's look at this. So if, if we look at this, if we look at this, Jesus himself had to come as the second Adam in order to restore God's purpose. He had to come as a representative of legal authority of the earth and being man. So he was God and man, but he came as a representative of man. See, here's what people fail to realize. The Bible states the fact that Jesus was just like us, but he did not sin, meaning he had the same affections that we have but he did not sin. Can I tell y'all a secret? Don't try not to sin. Because you're going to sin. That was right on time. What? <laughs> Wait, I'm looking through the glass. You're going you're gonna to miss God. Can I tell you something? God never asked, religion wants you to be perfect. God never asked you to be perfect. Stage one, station break. Abraham was a liar, but he was a man of faith. Sarah was fine in 90, though. Yes, she was. Abraham said, this is my sister. The king said, bro, why you lie to me, man? We got, we got hemorrhoids, and you done messed us up, and we, we jacked up now. We hurting for certain. You know, why you lie? You know, you got to read. That's what, about, that's what they were, hemorrhoids. You know, that's a hurting situation. But did I say that right? <laughs> king like, why you lie, bro? But what was he? Man of faith. You know, I always talk about David. David was a straight-up player from the Himalayas because they put a virgin next to him and said, oh, he did. <laughs> he, he's all over, bro. But he was a man of the God's own heart. We know Samson. You know, Samson was a brother with dreadlocks. Delilah messed him up. The most Philistines he killed was the last time he battled. What am I saying? God didn't ask you to be perfect. He asked you to serve him. He asked you to seek him. He asked you to do his bidding. You're going to mess up. 
Religion tells you you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. That ain't what the kingdom says. Only thing the kingdom says, seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom, and I'm going to give you access. Why I'm going to give you access? Because Jesus already died and did everything. He had to come as a human being. He has to come as the second Adam uh, because he was actually the beginning of a new family of mankind who would be devoted to God. Romans 8, 29, we would be the firstborn among many brothers. The scripture even tells us that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. If he hadn't have came as man, we wouldn't have the right to claim this authority that we have. Don't get upset with me because I walk in my authority. You're egotistical. And I'm confident of this thing, that he that began a good work in me will complete it. Don't get mad because I know word. I'm trying to teach you word. Walk with your head up. Quit holding your head down. Well, I was abused. Who wasn't? <laughs> I'm sorry. So I always got abused some way, physically, sexually, verbally. I got them both. My father cussed and beat my behind. My name was literally MF. I ain't trying to be funny. I ain't know my name. That was that little Johnny joke. That was my life. Matter of fact, he cussed me out on his deathbed. I was still another. I said, dang, am I going to grow? <laughs> Any more syllables? See, I was a child that wasn't supposed to be anything. I need y'all to understand this. I heard this every day. You're not going to be nothing. You're no good MF. You did that. You did that. You did that. You know what the difference between me and him was? He did tell me the value of education, the value of respect, and the value of a job. Education taught me how to read. When I learned how to read, you can't touch this. Why do I have a book club? Because I know reading, leaders are readers. Reading took me out of the hood. Reading took me from the South. Reading put me where I'm at now while I'm teaching you the gospel of Jesus Christ and teaching you the truth. You don't have to be what people call you, not when you're seeking the kingdom. When you're seeking the kingdom, you have a different address. Come on, help me, y'all. Uh, when you're seeking the kingdom, you got a different address. I was raised in the hood, but that wasn't my address. My mindset was a different place. That might have been my natural address, but that wasn't my heavenly address. I had a different mindset. See, you could, you could, you could be uh, working in, 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 the, in the bottom of the building, in the mail room, but that does not have to be your permanent job. Hello? They don't even realize God's setting you up for something, so you, then you learn how to move mail. Okay, what's well, so-and-so, okay. And still read, okay, do this. Well, they get in this book. Maybe I need to read that book. That's the one that came in? You know, we used to do that in, in, as mail handlers. I'm telling them myself. Because we knew people that got certain magazines. Yeah, I read through them. <laughs> I seen the houses that I wanted. I seen the books that I needed to read. I said, oh, if I get this, these are the kind of books they get? Okay. I need these kind of magazines. Okay. He said, what does it have to do with the kingdom? Everything, because he showed me my purpose. He was showing me my purpose. He was showing me my purpose. And he said, if you do this, you can get this. This is what I'm trying to show you. This is what I'm trying to teach you. Look, the Bible says, and I'm going to skip this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to skip some. I'm going to share this real quick. One of the other reasons Jesus came in his purposes of life was to restore our broken relationship with God. And in order for him to do that, Jesus had to be without sin. He didn't tell you you was going to be without sin because we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. See, what happens is if you try to live a sinless life, you took away his life. Right, because he died for your life. Now, if you try to live a sinner's life, you don't took away his life. He didn't need to die. You know, because you took his thing. So basically, because he took his life to give you your life, he never sees your sin. <laughs> you know, it's like it's covered under the blood, right? See, that's why I tell preachers, why are you wearing a robe? Robes was to cover sin. 
Jesus said we're covered under the blood so you don't need a robe no more. That's Bible. That's why you don't see me use prayer oil no more, right? When the last time I used prayer oil? It's been a Mississippi minute. Why? Because I am oil. Oil was a representative of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, right? Right, right, right. The New Testament says we're sealed with the Holy Spirit as promised, right? Right. I just happen to also be baptized in the Holy Spirit. How much Holy Spirit do you need? So if the Holy Spirit represented all in the Old Testament, and now I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, do I need to all you? I am all. I'm sorry. You're all too. So you can leave. What's the bread we use? No, but what's the name? You know, we all get that same little gold bottle. Oh, you don't buy olive oil? You don't spray? Pump. Crisco, I'm out. <laughs> oh, wait. I thought you about to fry a piece of chicken, bro. <laughs> he like, put some, put some Crisco on it. <laughs> but y'all know that little gold bottle everybody get in church? You know, I got to, it's like, Pompeii, yeah. Ed Church went to had a gold bottle that you knew it was holy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but Pompeii be sitting right. Y'all done messed up some flows too. <laughs> I messed the whole heap of flows. I remember one time we couldn't even clean the carpet. <laughs> I just, <"Whoa." laughs> My wife be like, the spot won't come out. I said, yeah, it will. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> we left, the spot was still there. I said, well, they know it's anointment. <laughs> you, got, you got to understand. You got to understand prayer and the purpose and power. So look, Philippians 2, 6 to 8. Let me hear him get out of here. Try. Uh, Christ being the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Uh, Romans 8, 3 through 4 says, For what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Who did not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. So in other words, as we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we don't live now as the sinful nature. We live as the nature of the spirit. But the only person who could do that was Christ. You said, what does it have to do with the power of the purpose of prayer? Well, because he did all that, that gives us access to that key to where it's our prayer and our purpose causes God to act on our behalf. Prayer is powerful. People, I don't have time to pray. Uh, excuse me. You are stuck on stupid and leaning on dumb. And then you don't, know, she's stupid. <laughs> you are insane, like leaning. <laughs> Literally, just everybody just, uh, think about it. And let me tell you how good prayer is. So I've done this for years. This is me. I'm not, first guy said, I ain't know nothing about prayer. Came out of Baptist church, well-known Baptist church, sitting in Florida. I ain't know nothing about prayer. All I knew was our father. You know what I pray every night? Our father, which I now, y'all know me. I quote the 23rd Psalm like the back of my hand. My grandma taught that at 12. If you're ever in trouble, do the 23rd Psalm. I read, I, I never, I lost a fight and it looked worse than I did. I'm telling you the testimony. I'm, I'm being honest. I ain't know Jesus. I just did the 23rd Psalm. You know, he, he'll take care of food. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. I, all I know is grandma said, grandma said 23rd Psalm, that's all I did. He took care of me. Why? Because he knew I had a purpose. 
See, but I, our father prayer. So when I gave my life to the Lord before I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, because, you know, I was around those people. Oh, my dear God, our father, which art in heaven, God's most omnipotent. I said, dude, I can't pray like that. I'm just a little bit too thuggy. I don't even know. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So that's, that's all I would pray. Of course, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I was speaking in unknown tongues, but that's all I did. But every now and then, when I was in a hurry, I said, our father, which art in heaven. You know, that's a classic prayer, right? Or why are we try to make it so fancy? I mean, let's think about it. He says, our father, woo, who art in heaven. What up, dad? Hallowed be thy name. Worship thy holy name. Huh? Thy kingdom come. That's what we want, right? His will to be done. That's what we want, right? On earth, just like it is in heaven. There's no blind eyes in, in heaven. Right, right. There's no deaf ears in heaven. There's no dumb tongues in heaven. So whatever they got in heaven, I want it. We buying gold. Oh, I don't have it on tonight. We buying gold. They walking on gold in heaven. I said heaven, didn't I? They were. And then you get black. They were. So I want to pray what Jesus said pray. And why am I saying it tonight? So you make it seem like you don't have time to pray. That takes 35 seconds. You can spit that quicker than you can get Starbucks. With your name on it. <laughs> huh? You, you can get that. I need, I need, a, I need, I need a herb. I need a herb. I need a, you get the time. I got, what time is it, 8.35? Jesus, that's 30 minutes already? Okay, give me 15 more. No, give me two. <laughs> so, so let's look at this. And I shared this before. Second Corinthians 4 and 4. First, Jesus reflected God's image at Jesus literally reflected God's image as Adam had originally done because 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, Christ was the image of God. Now, again, I'm going way out. I'm going to come back in. Again, what you got to understand, if you have a king ah, who looks at his sons or his, his, his daughters and the king looks out at his sons and daughters, if he sees the reflection of himself, what is he going to do? Right, he's going to bless you. So Jesus said, look, I became the image of the first Adam who God gave everything to, who he lost and gave it to the enemy. I came as the sinless Adam to give back to sinful man what he had lost through the first Adam. And if the sinful man accepts the sinless son as their older brother and they accept what he tells them to do by seeking back the kingdom, then you now have access to everything Adam lost. God, I love that right there. Which means when you pray your purpose, he gives you the power and the advantages that other people don't have. Favor is real. I start to add that other stuff that I see. Be holy. <laughs> but prayer is a real brother for you. <laughs> huh? Prayer can take you places, man, because it's, it's, whether it's in tones or naturally, prayer begins to unfold and unlock things that nobody else can do. It begins to direct you and fill you in ways that nobody else and nothing else can do. I try to tell people, yeah, smoking weed was good, but in prayer is better. It's a whole different high. You had to buy that high. I ain't got to buy this one. He paid the price for me. Huh? Right, right. You need to set it to go to sleep, pray. Wine might be fine, but it might start you to lie. <laughs> so... 
And I ain't got nothing against that, you know, so people get mad about that. Well, Apostle Dr. Wright, a rib, dad, a dude, you don't talk, you don't talk against drinking. Well, God didn't either. He turned water into wine. It was good, wasn't it? The Bible said don't be drunk. So I can't tell you what to do. I can't judge that. Religion does. Can I, can I say this, really? I need to finish. I done messed up my whole notes. I'm sorry. You know what's funny? So the religious people tell you not to drink, right? The priests be drunk. I went to Catholic school. Now, the first thing they tell you from the streets, right, Ness? I'm sorry, Ness, I put you out there like that. You know I love you, girl. The first thing they tell you in the streets is what? Never mix colors. Don't they? Don't act like y'all don't know. Never mix colors. If you drink a brown liquor, drink brown liquor all night. Because once you put that gin with that, that Hennessy, you through. Your butt can't see. You be crossed out like a dog. If it's all white, drink all. It's the same with wine. If you drink a red, drink all red. If you drink a white, drink all white. Once you cross it, do y'all know the priests cross their wines? They mix dark and light together. I done synced it. I was, I was in the altar. There. I was sitting. I never forget we had this one priest. Everybody was talking to me anyway, but this one, Father G, and he used to walk down the hall like this and bless you, my son. That most of the drunk as a dog. <laughs> He trying to walk that monkey off. He can't even see head be up like, bless you, my son. Yeah. I know you, you, you gone. You done had three communion services. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, you got to fish. You got to drink it all. I had a problem with drinking after people. That was even in the 70s. I'm sorry. Let's go. I'm going to do this last little piece, and then I'm out. Yeah. Power of prayer is perfect. I love God. I love God. So we have this access because of Christ. Um, Colossians 2, 9 through 10 says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness. See, that's it right there. You've been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. You've been given, see, when I finish this next week, I'm going to show you what you got. But you've been given fullness in Christ. If you've accepted Christ, you've been given fullness in Christ. You said, what do I have to do with prayer? Add things. Prayer gives you access. That's one of them keys. It gives you access to that. What? It gives you access to the fullness. Colossians 1 and 15 said, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So in looking at that and, and finishing up, give me six more minutes and I'm, I'm, I'm out for real. Uh, Jesus also has a unique relationship uh, with God as his father, perfectly reflecting relationship that God desired to have with Adam and Eve. I need y'all to hear that. Jesus has the same relationship that God desired to have with Adam and Eve. The Bible says that God habitually came in the cool of the evening to talk to Adam. See, see, I get in trouble. Now, this is me, because I used to always pray at 9 o'clock when I was in the military. I'd be in there for like an hour, two hours. One time I was in there so long, my roommates was knocking on my wall like I could fit in there then. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> And I would really, you know, tie myself and get in the wall lock and just go in. You know, me and Jesus. We're not going to get into that, but me and Jesus. I mean that literally, me and Jesus. And one time I was in there for about three and a half. <laughs> Billy, Billy, not, Billy was a backsliding evangelist. I busted him. And Billy knocked on the door. He said, bro, right. Yeah. You all right? Yeah, man, what's wrong? Bro, right, you've been in there three and a half hours, dog. We want to make sure you're okay. We didn't hear nothing for a minute. <laughs> See, that's that relationship. So the same way that Adam and Eve had with God, Jesus now has that. And who did he give it to? 
we have that same thing. Now, let's think about it now. I'm not going to this. I need to get out of here. Let's think about it. God said in the beginning that man has dominion over the earth. What we don't read in the Bible or what we haven't paid attention to is when he created the earth, he didn't do nothing to the earth until he created man. You got to catch that. When he created the earth, the earth had nothing until he created man so he can take care of it. Think about this now. So what does that mean to me? What that means to me is God is waiting on me to move so that he can move. Let's go back several months ago. God would not move, excuse me, we cannot move without God and God will not move without us. Why? Because he gave us dominion. If he moved without us, he's outside of his rule and God never breaks his rule. So people always say, well, Apostle Wright, Dr. Wright, you know, that's the political folk. Why do you believe this? I don't have an opinion. Whatever he said, that's settled. Because he doesn't break his rule, which is why he cannot do anything on earth without us. So then people say, well, why did God let that happen? And you know what I asked him? Why you let it happen? You let it in here, didn't you? Because he can't do it without us giving him opportunity to come through us to have access. That makes sense? Think about it. So you have not because you did not. And if you do, he gave you access to do it once you understand your purpose. So because of Jesus' death, once you accept him, the same authority and power that he has, he's not giving it to us because we're still in the image of God. And if we look at it in John 3, 35, it says the father loves the son, has placed everything in his hands. And the same thing that he placed in Jesus' hand, he's not placed in our hand. You said, what does it have to do with prayer? Everything. Everything. Because most of the stuff you're not getting because you're praying against God's purpose in your life. Once you understand your purpose, see, like I tell people now, everybody can't have a business. No. No, everybody can't. Everybody. Some of y'all just too lazy. You can't. You can't own your business. You got to hustle. You know, I, I know I have my own business. It's not a, my wife would tell you, it's not a 40-hour week, baby. It's like 89. People say, Doc, what you doing this week? Well, I got church. I got this. I got that. I got book club meeting. I got investment. I got this. Doc, will you take a break? Well, when me and my wife go riding on Wednesday. Well, Doc, that's not a break you ride with. You. That's right. Me and my wife ride. I got somebody I got to talk to. I can air it out. Ooh. I need that. I need that breathing moment. So sometimes if you text me on Wednesday, that be the time you don't get me. Unless you text me while I'm in the gym. Other than that, I'm out. So everybody can't have their own business. But I tell you what you can do, you can have authority where you're at. Right, right, right. You can have favor where you're at. Right. God can work his purposes out through you where you're at. Might be somebody that needs to find God. They're not going to find God until you tell them your benefits. They ain't going to come to Jesus. Trust me now. Y'all already know. You start talking about Jesus, they'll be like, man, I don't want to get that. Man. I don't need nobody no Jesus. What is Jesus going to do for me? I don't need no Jesus. Now you tell us, look, um, testifying from a, from a goddaughter. Be like, look, uh, I had a job in two years. I didn't even know I didn't have a job. Tell them when to get insurance. When I found out my insurance was gone, called my job. They laid me off when the pandemic hit. But you know, Rev, 
He always told me to pay my tithes. I've been paying my tithes. But Carby paid off for six months. I ain't got no job. 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 My car be paid over six months. Right. Them benefits. Right. Right. That's seeking the kingdom. Right. Them benefits. Uh-huh. Yeah, I ain't got no job. I'm looking for a new apartment. Credit score 565, but the apartment placed over credit score 675. Ha! Benefits. See? Faithful. God go, God go. You start telling them that, they'll be like, now what I, where I signed up for this at? Where I get this? You mean tell me there's a pandemic and you ain't worried about nothing? Nope, ain't worried about nothing. Psalm 91, ain't worried about nothing. One or two things are going to happen. I'm either going to meet him early or I'm going to stay here good. Ain't one or two, or two things. I'm, I'm good either way I go. See? Psalm 91. Ah! So they mad with me. You taking a shot to the no, no. I take the no. Did I say to the no? See that I said Huh? Don't get mad. You take yours, I'm happy for you. I can breathe on you. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> Pray for me, please, God, help me tonight. I just, <sighs> I'm going to close this like this. Next week, I'm going to deal with the fact of doing God's will and the authority that he's given us. But here's what I want you to remember. If we look, Jesus made this statement. He says, I and the Father are one. Now, number one, that's the love that the Father and the Son have that's so deep. But I need you to also know that's the love that he has for us. That we and the Father are one. This is all I know. I don't know anything else. Thank you, Jesus. This is all I <laughs> It's really all these voices, these things come on right on time. All I, all I know is kingdom. I don't know anything else. I'm not going to preach anything else. I don't believe in anything else but kingdom. I have to teach what Jesus taught. Jesus taught to seek first the kingdom. He didn't say do nothing else. He didn't say seek after him. He says seek the kingdom. The kingdom is the blueprint. That's why I teach Old Testament. The kingdom is the blueprint. The kingdom is the blueprint to have access to everything God promised us. Religion won't do that. As I said earlier, religion makes you a servant. Kingdom makes you a son. That gives you an inheritance. Does he answer all of our needs? Right, he does. Now, you know, the old adage is he might not come when you want him. He's always on time. I ain't even got time to say that. Because here's what, here's what. If he makes me look bad, he looks bad. Does that make sense? Right. Now, if, if he looks bad, then don't nobody want him. And if he looks good through me, then everybody wants his benefits. And if they want his benefits, they have to get his benefits by coming through his son. Because his son gives him access to what was ours in the first place. And once you understand what you have access to, you begin walking in the authority that he gave you. Right. You start creating like he gave you the authority to create. You start calling things that are not as though they were because he gave you the power to create. You know, you start breaking generational curses by yourself because you came out of a, a religious thought. But it's in you. 
And then he just tells you to receive it. We pray all these long prayers, and he just said, I died and gave gifts to you. All you have to do is receive it. And we still ask it for healing when it's already ours. Why you ask for something that's already yours? That's a whole nother sermon, so I'm going to shut up. But look, anybody desire special prayer tonight before I? That's right, I can't, I can't do special prayer on Facebook. They'll shut me off. Bless the Lord. We pray that this broadcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe to Kingdom Expectations Podcast and also like us on our social media Facebook page at Kingdom Expectations. As always, stay blessed and be safe. God bless you.